welcome to everyone today. If you're a guest with us today, we're happy to have you in service with us. Thank you for being here. Those of you that may be watching us online today, we welcome you as a part of this service. I know we've got a lot of folks out of town for the weekend. We pray they have safe holiday weekend, safe return home, in Jesus' name, praise God. You may be seated, I will use some verses in a moment, but if you will permit me to start preaching without reading a verse, Psalms 119 is a very unique chapter, it's the longest psalm But in addition to being the longest psalm, it's actually the longest chapter in the whole Bible. 176 verses in Psalm 119. Not only is it the longest chapter, another unique thing about Psalm 119 is that almost every verse in Psalms 119 makes some kind of reference to the Word of God. If I'm not mistaken, it's only about three or four or five verses that do not make some kind of direct reference to the Word of God. And it uses words like precepts and statutes and judgments and commandments and testimonies. And so in in almost every verse in Psalm 119, you will find one of those Words In some places it will say word with regard to the word of God. It's in Psalms 119 and 11 we find what is to many a familiar passage of scripture where the psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Your word have I hid in my heart. The psalmist says in Verse number 30, he says, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I, I want you to, I want you to make note of that in your mind, if you would. He says, I have chosen the way of truth. I've chosen, I've made a decision to walk in the way of truth. Verse 89, it says this, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Pretty interesting when you then hear the words in the New Testament that heaven and earth are going to pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. If, if you've been asleep for the last 10, 20 years, let me just let you know we are in a changing world. Somehow you've missed all that's been going on the last 10, 20 years. I'll just let you know today, it's not the same world it used to be. (laughs) There's now things I never realized we would ever have to worry about changing that are now changing. I never thought the bathroom you use would be a question or an issue. And now in 2016, that's now a, a, a pretty big issue for some. There's a lot of things that are changing. I don't know about you, but it seems to me even the weather's changing. I don't think it's global warming. 
I don't think it's global warming. I, I'll give you my simple explanation of what it is. Creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. But I'm, I'm glad to know today that no matter what changes around me, no matter what changes in the world that I'm in, there is something that will never change. It will always remain the same. And not just because it's, it's not being rewritten. Not be, it's, I don't mean it's unchanging because nobody's editing it. I, I mean it's unchanging because you can't change what is God. You can't change what is eternal. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hebrews tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's significant because John tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So not only do we have an unchanging Word today, but we've also got an unchanging God. I'm glad to know that he's the same yesterday, today, but I'm also real glad to know that tomorrow he's going to be the same as well. There's a lot of things I can't count on for tomorrow, but one thing I can count on for tomorrow is that Jesus Christ will be the same. Somehow the psalmist had an idea of that and said, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Another familiar verse that I'm sure many of you probably know is verse 105. He said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's your word that I use to direct my footsteps. It's not politics. It's not society. It's not pop culture. It's not what TV or the movies say. It's not what the songs say. It's not what my friends say. It's not what people around me say. But your word is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. The unchanging word of God is what's going to lead me in the direction I'm going to go in. Word lamp there I, for us in 2016, that you wouldn't get too far with a lamp because you got to have it plugged in. He was talking more about a, a candle, a burning lamp, and you don't get a lot of light from that, but you can get enough to take the next step. There's something about our human nature. We kind of want to know everything in advance. There is no guarantee God's going to map it all out and tell you all of it in advance. The guarantee is He's got it mapped out. And He's got it all in control. And all I've got to do is just figure out where to take the next step. And the Bible tells me that the steps of a good man are ordered. Not the life. That's pretty broad. Not the decades. Not the years, not the months, not the weeks, not the days, not the hours. But he said the steps. You just trust God today. He's got your steps planned if you'll just let him order them. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, 
a light to my path. Verse 128 says, Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. I've just read to you four or five verses out of 176 just to give you a little bit of an idea. And if you read the entire chapter, you will find many more statements, many more verses very similar to the ones I read. What, What I find when I read Psalm 119 is that somebody had a revelation of the significance of the Word of God. Somebody had a grasp on how important God's Word was. Verse after verse after verse after verse stating the significance of it. Stating a commitment to it. Again, in verse 30, he said, I have chosen the way of truth. I have made a decision to follow truth. I've I've hid your word in my heart. It's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Your word is forever settled. You never read the entire chapter. I encourage you to read it. Read all that the psalmist says about the significance and the greatness and the commitment and the dedication to the word of God. Anybody believe that the Word of God is the Word of God today? I've got anybody today that believes this is not just some piece of literature. This is not just some book that you buy on the shelf to read just for entertainment. But contained in this book are the words of life. Contained in this book is the only place to find the words of eternal life and not just to find the words of eternal life, but there's no better map book anywhere than this book here. There's no self-help book you can buy. There's no motivational book you can buy that can be anything better than what this book is. What a, what an amazing Description and revelation and understanding for 175 verses. You know, in, in, in writing, in, in singing or whatever, and it, you, you want to hit, you, you hit a climax. You want, you want an exclamation mark. You want, you, you want that... You 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 want to you know you you want that moment at the end where the band walks off the stage and everybody's still standing there clapping and cheering and you get them to come back out for another song. I'm talking about a Christian concert, of course. You you want that you you want that bottom of the ninth. You're down by three runs. Bases are loaded. Two outs, two ball, three balls, two strikes, and your team is losing and up, and it's your guy that hits the grand slam. You all leave excited and celebrating the victory. After everything the psalmist says, 
you would expect the last verse to be the icing on the cake. You would expect it to be the, the, the exclamation point for all that he has said for 175 verses. And I realize the psalmist didn't say 175 verses. I know it was what the translators did. Just anybody that's really technical right now arguing with me in your mind. Let's get that straight. I understand. The final verse should be the culmination of it all. How many of you know what the last verse says? I'm assuming the rest of you that aren't raising your hand are not just being obstinate. You don't know. Now everybody's cheating and looking. So here it is. Listen, listen. I... I, I your word I've hid in my heart. Your word is, I've chosen your word. I've chosen the way of truth. Forever your word is settled. Your word's a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. I, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things that be right. I hate every false way. So here we go. Here is the climax to everything the psalmist said. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Whoa, wait a minute. You've, you said you have chosen the way of truth. You said you esteem His words. You said you've hid His words in your heart. You said you have decided that His word would be a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. And now, at the end of it all, He says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. I have wandered. There's a lamp for my feet, there's a light for my path, but I have wandered. Oh, hallelujah. I know your word. I hid your word in my heart, but I have wandered. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, maybe you don't know where all this is going, but it's good. I know it. I've hid it. I've memorized it. I've lived by it. I've chosen it. But at the end of it all, I've wandered astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. God, I know your word. I've lived by it. I've committed to it. I've been dedicated to it. I believe in it. But now I have wandered. But here's what I'm asking you to do in my wandering. Seek me, God. Come find me. Here's why. Because I do not forget your commandments. I know I've lost my way, God. I know I'm not preaching to anybody here today like that. I've wandered, God, from the path that was being lit by Your Word. I've wandered from the journey that I was on that Your Word was directing my path. But let's just get something straight, God. My wandering has not been intentional. Oh, hallelujah. I know you self-righteous folks ain't going to handle this well today, but... 
My wandering was not intentional, God. I have not wandered by choice. I have not disregarded and ignored your word, but somehow, God, I've lost my way. Somehow, God, I've gotten off track, but I want you to know one thing. No matter where I am and no matter how far I've wandered, I have not forgotten your word. I've come to preach to at least a couple people today that this is a perfect description of who you are and what you are. That just like the psalmist, for 175 verses, you know, you have believed, you have trusted, but somehow, somewhere along the way, something's caused you to wander a little bit. But down deep inside, you can also say... Same thing that the psalmist said. I do not forget your commandments. I know I'm not where I need to be. I know I wandered from where I belong. I know I've gotten off track. But I want you to know something, God. What I hid in my heart is still in my heart. The lamp that I've tried to live by is still the lamp I want to live by. So I'm asking you, God, when I wander, come find me. Come find me, God. I'm asking you to come find me. Because no matter what it looks like, no matter what it seems like, I have not wandered intentionally. not where I am on purpose God I know I shouldn't be here I know this isn't where I belong but I also want you to know I did not calculate to get to where I am somehow somehow I wondered but I want you to come find me I haven't forgotten you God Hallelujah. We, we have a challenge. We have a great challenge. That challenge is in our human nature. We, we judge by what we see. We judge by what we see. I, 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 maybe you'd make a better pastor than I am. And if so, I'm happy to give you the job and I'll, I'll go find another job. But I, I have to tell you, there have been times that I have been affected by what I see. And I will tell you, I have misjudged things by what I see. I realize you sitting there have never done that. I'm just being honest with you. I, I gotta tell you, there's some times I've struggled being the elder brother's attitude, like the elder brother and the prodigal. Lord, all these years, all this time, look what I... So, so we, we have this challenge as we see, we judge by what we see. That's, that's just, I, don't, I, I, I know we shouldn't, but that's, that's, that's what we're comfortable with. That's what we typically know the best. That's one reason why... 
the Lord said to the prophet Samuel when he was on his way to Jesse's house, don't look on the outward. Because man looks on the outward. But I look at the heart. And I, I think God said that to Samuel because he knew Samuel would have gone there and would have picked one of David's brothers because of what he saw. Taller, bigger, stronger, older, assumed to be wiser. But God said, I look at the heart. And we, we've got this other big problem. <laughs> not only do I not know your heart, Brother Owens, the Scripture tells me I don't even know my own. Don't even know my own. And I think that's why the psalmist said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my way. See if there be any wicked way in me. Because God, I, I think I know me, but I acknowledge I don't really know me. So not only do I not know myself, I, how then can I know you? We have, we have this challenge because God is not just concerned with behavior. God is just as, if not more, concerned with the heart. I haven't always done it. But I have tried a number of times in parenting when one of my kids is really acting up before I discipline them to stop for a moment and try to figure out what is really going on. Are you just being stubborn and rebellious? And if that's the case, meet me in the bathroom. I receive plenty of spankings and therefore I am happy to give plenty of them. In a decent and order, decently in an order fashion. Not out of anger or abuse. So I've tried and sometimes I have figured out you did something you should not have done. But I also recognize there's something going on that's troubling you and bothering you. And so if we're not careful, we look at actions and automatically assume don't get quiet on me now. Don't act like you don't do it. We see the action and we, by default, judge the heart. But according to what the psalmist is saying, just because I wonder, just because I stray, does not mean I am re just being outright rebellious and disregarding your word. And so he says, seek me. Because in spite of what I'm doing, I have not forgotten. Oh, I, 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 I know I'm preaching to a couple. I, I, I may not be preaching to everybody today. I don't know how or why I, 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 I am a student of the Word. I am not an expert on the Word. 
There's some things that, that I, I, I struggle to figure out. There's a few things I don't like. There were, there were 12 disciples. Jesus, Jesus picked them. Hand-picked them. I, you, you, you got here, if you're a member of this church, those of you that are guests today, you, you got here all kinds of different ways. Different people invited you. Some of you may have found it through, through uh, the internet or, or social media or whatever. How you got here, how we all got here, we, there is no one person. But Jesus handpicked the disciples. And, and two of those twelve was a guy named Judas and a guy named Peter. I, it, it wasn't one of the disciples that invited Judas to be a disciple. So you can't blame somebody else. Jesus picked him. And, and both of these both of these disciples made significant mistakes. Judas, the betraying of Jesus, selling him out. You know the story. Peter, the denying of Jesus. The potential of what could have happened was the total walking away. But if you, if you read, Matthew gives an account of it, but also in Luke chapter 22 and verse number 31. We do not find, I do not find, in any of the Gospels, anything about Judas similar to what we're about to read about Peter. Listen to what, listen to what Jesus says. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Peter, I've seen what's coming. I know what the enemy wants to do, but I have prayed for you that your faith Fail not. And when, somebody say when. And when, not if. Not hopefully, not maybe, not might, but when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, what are you talking about? I am ready to go with you. I'll go to prison. I'll even fight for you to the death. And he said, Peter, before the cock crows this day, you will deny me three times. Not me, Lord. Not me, because I've hidden your word in my heart. Not me, God, because your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We actually find that there was a point to which Peter really meant what he said because when they came to take Jesus away, he didn't run and hide, but he pulled out a sword and he was ready to fight. 
swings that sword and cuts the ear of one of those men off. Just in case you don't get the picture. He wasn't trying to cut an ear off. He was swinging and that guy ducked. He was going for the head. He meant what he said. But the Lord also knew. I've seen a little bit beyond, Peter. And I've seen that the enemy's got a target on you. But I prayed for you. I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you get through this, when you get to the other side, I want you to turn around and then I want you to strengthen somebody else. I want you to help somebody else, Peter. I know you're going to get through this. And when you get through it, here's what I want you to do. I I find no place in Scripture where Jesus gave Judas any kind of warning like that. I find no place where He said to Judas, Judas, there's trouble coming, but I prayed for you. Could it be, could it be there was something in Judas's heart that he had calculated? Oh, I know, I know, somebody, I know all that had to happen. I get all that had to happen. But it doesn't have to be Judas. But could it be that the difference between Peter and Judas was Peter, like a sheep, went astray. Whereas Judas made a calculated decision. I'm selling you out for something else. And you know what? I believe there are some people like Judas that are Christians at one point, but then make a decision. I'm done. I'm finished. I don't want any more to do with it. I'm leaving it all behind. Forget it. And they walk away. But I'm also convinced there's a whole lot of people like Peter that there was not an intent. It was not pre-calculated. It was not what they wanted to do. But somehow the circumstances and the situations of life caused them to get off course and so he could say like the psalmist said I know that I have wandered but come find me we often talk about life as being a journey and and I guess in one in one way that perhaps it is that but if it is a journey it's not a journey by land it's a journey by sea because there is no such thing in this journey of life of, of, of just, if, if I'm walking, if I, I can stop right now and stay in this position. I'm not moving forward, I'm not moving backward. I'm holding my ground. But if you're in the water, you're in the ocean, you're on a river, even if you've got it anchored down, you're not staying in the exact same position. I think sometimes in the, in the, in the voyage of life, we get to a place where the winds and the waves and the storms of life are coming against us and we decide, you know what? I can't keep pressing anymore. I'm too tired to keep fighting and pushing against this. I, I just need to take a break. And the problem is when you stop and rest, 
You don't stay in the same place. But the currents and the winds and the waves begin to move you. And next thing you know, you find yourself away from where you were. Perhaps away from where you even want to be. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. You, you, you find yourself... How did I get here? How did I end up in this position? How did I end up in this condition? There's something in the depths of your soul, like the psalmist says, I don't forget your word. I have not forgotten your commandments. So if I have gone astray, I'm asking you, come Find me. How, Brother Evans, how amazing is this prayer request? It's what it was. It's a prayer request. How, how amazing is it that the psalmist says these words? Not knowing. Not knowing that in the future, Jesus Christ would talk about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep. And as the evening time had come and he's collecting up all the sheep and they're passing into the sheepfold and he's counting one, two, three, four, fifty-five, fifty-six, seventy-seven, seventy-eight. 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, what? I don't know, Sister Day, it doesn't tell us, but maybe he, maybe he took them all out and, and checked it again. 98, 99. Notice. Notice what the shepherd does. Actually, notice what the shepherd does not do. I had a hundred. I still got ninety-nine. It's been a long day. I'm tired. Got to get up early tomorrow. Oh, well. For one stray sheep. He says, the shepherd goes out and searches until he finds him. The psalmist said, I've gone astray, but I don't forget your commandments. Would you please come looking for me, God? (laughs) And unbeknownst to the psalmist, Jesus Christ was going to answer his prayer and say, there's a lost sheep somewhere. Somehow in the course of this day, someone has gone astray. 
But I'm not going to neglect or forget the one. I'll leave 90 and 9 safely in the sheepfold. And I'm going to go search and find the one. I'm preaching to a one today. I'm preaching to a one today. You, 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 you're the one that's gone astray. You're the one that somehow got distracted and diverted from the flock. But I'm here to declare it wasn't intentional. Does it make it okay? No. But God looks at the heart. God understands the difference between somebody that's just simply rebelliously choosing to disregard and ignore versus somebody that life, life had gotten in the way and affected them. Here's, Here's what's so amazing to me about Peter. He said, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And I prayed for you that your faith fail not. When you're converted, when you get turned around, he says, I want you to go strengthen the brethren. And then watch what happens to the remainder of Peter's life. After that moment of denial, after that moment of betrayal, his future still remained intact. He didn't become just a water boy. He didn't didn't just become somebody that was, we're going to let you hang around. We'll we'll let you just hang out with us, Peter. But you know what? You, You went astray. You wandered. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Actually, don't help me, help some of you. You, you, you've wandered, Peter. You've gone astray. You denied me. But a little while ago, I gave you something. And when I gave it to you, I gave it to you to keep. And I know you've denied me, but I gave you some keys, Peter. I gave you keys to the kingdom and I gave you keys to the kingdom when I knew this day was going to come. Oh, I'm trying to close. I'm trying to close. Before I gave you the keys, I knew you were going to stand and deny me. I knew it already. This moment is no surprise to me, Peter. This moment was not unexpected. I knew exactly what you would do when I gave you the keys. But I gave you the keys and I'm not taking them away. And it's it's the disciple. The rest of those guys stuck with him. Oh, I know we I know Thomas gets bashed doubting Thomas. I don't that I don't believe that. Thomas has gotten, in my opinion, Thomas has gotten a bad rap. 
Thomas said, unless I see, unless I, and, and, and I mean, Thomas has gotten beat down. You can read where Thomas says something very similar to Jesus. I'll go all the way with you. Thomas just got too dis- disappointed. Oh. Thomas just kind of reached a place. I've gotten my hopes up too many times. Hello. I've gotten my hopes up too many times. I just can't do it again. I can't afford to be disappointed another time. So unless I see. I don't think Thomas was skeptical. I don't think Thomas was a skeptic. I'm just you, you preach whatever you want to preach. I don't think Thomas was a skeptic. I think Thomas had just reached the point. I just, I just can't get my hopes up anymore and be disappointed again. So unless I see, unless I touch the wounds, I... Peter, you, Peter denied him at one of the most critical moments. Peter says, I don't know him. I got nothing to do with him. I, can you? I, I don't, I've never had that happen, but I mean, I can't imagine being in a situation where someone you're close to stands up and didn't. I mean, just I don't know them. I don't know who that idiot is. I, Peter says, "I don't know him. I got nothing to do with him." And yet, all that time in Peter's pocket was some keys. And we find him standing on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't John. It wasn't James. It wasn't one of the other disciples. It's the one who went astray. It's the one that wandered off course. That stands up and gives the keynote message On the birthday of the church. This is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children. To those that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God. That was Peter. That was the same one that said. I don't know him. I don't know him. I'm not one of his. It's the same one. So I preached to somebody today that like the psalmist said, you've gone astray. And like Peter, you found yourself in some moments of sifting. But way down deep inside, there's still something inside of you that says, I never forgot your word. I never forgot your commandments. So come looking for me. So I've come to tell you today, not only will he come looking for you, but when he comes looking for you, there's still a bright future ahead of you. There's still hope for your tomorrow. There's still hope for your future. Sister Bailey, come please. Uh, I know it's a, it's a holiday. 
least it's not a turkey or ham holiday, so you don't have anything home burning. Famine comes to Bethlehem. Naomi and her husband and her two sons decide to leave. You know what Bethlehem, one of the meanings of Bethlehem, I remember correctly, is house of bread. Let me tell you something. If there's ever a famine that comes to the house of bread, stick around. Because that famine's not going to last. They pack up and they leave, and the Bible says they go down to Moab. And Moab, our sons, marry wives. In the course of time, her husband dies, and then the two sons die. She's left with the two daughters in law. She finally decides she's better off back home where she was than she is here. So she tells Orpah and Ruth, I'm going home, but I release you to stay here. This is where your people are. This is where you've been. This is what you're familiar with. I'm going home. You can stay here. The Bible tells us that Orpah decided to stay. But Ruth said, wherever you go, I'm going. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. So I'm going with you. So Naomi and Ruth return to Bethlehem. But when they get home and they see Naomi, they start to greet her. But she she replies and says, Don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. Because God has dealt bitterly with me. Don't call me what I used to be because I'm not that anymore. And in her mind, never will be. Oh, somebody. Somebody listen, hopefully not to me, but to the Holy Ghost right now. Don't call me Naomi anymore. I'm bitter. God has dealt with me bitterly. And in her mind, she changed her name because she had no expectation for the future. Oh, Jesus. Don't call me what I used to be because I'm not that anymore. And my future is one of doom and gloom. But she had no idea at that moment the story was far from home. And God, in the end, restored to her what she had lost. preach to somebody if I could say it I could say this perhaps 
I think I, I think I'm probably preaching to somebody that at this very moment, while you are present in the building today, you're here, you're in church, but your position, your condition, is really at this moment like the psalmist, and you're astray. That while you're here in body, in spirit, you've strayed. I preached to somebody like that this morning, but I also preached to somebody. I, I, I feel like I'm preaching to somebody this morning that you went astray, and now you're back. You're back where you belong, but in your heart, you still struggle with an expectation of the future you have in God. And while you're back in your mind, all you see yourself as is just somebody on the, on the fringes. I'm here, I'm apart, but I'm just, I'm on the fringes because I went astray. And the Holy Ghost has brought me to tell either one of those categories today. He's looking for you. He's going to find you. Some of you, He's already found. But when He does find you, He's not taking the keys away. He's not taking the keys away. Because when He gave you the keys for the future, He already knew the straying you would do. But He still said, I give you the keys. Oh, I, I, could, could I ask you for a moment to bow your head, close your eyes? I, I know uh, I, we're kind of in between today, so so bear with me for for giving an old-fashioned altar call right now. I I know we we, we we when we reach for certain folks, we do it different, but based on what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now, of what I'm reaching for today, thank you, Brother Tom, for coming. Thank you for thank you for coming. But there's some more of you that need to come. There's some more of you that need to respond to the Holy Ghost today. Can I, can I be so bold as to say, I haven't come this morning to preach a sermon. I haven't come today to preach a sermon, but I believe I've come from the, with a message from the Holy Ghost for some people today. I've strayed, God. I've strayed, but I haven't done it intentionally wasn't premeditated it wasn't pre-calculated somehow God I got off track somehow God I got off course but I just want you to know that way down deep inside I don't forget your word I haven't forgotten your commandments God and way down deep inside my heart is still dedicated and committed that that's what it wants to do but I've just gotten off track I need you to come find me God I know there's sometimes it's my responsibility to seek you I know you said when I would seek you with all of my heart I would find you but God today I need you to come find me today God I need you to come searching for me name of Jesus. Jesus church would you be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now to live for him. 
We got people in this altar that need somebody to pray with them. Come on, on, I'm going to say it again. I haven't come with a sermon today. I haven't come with a sermon just to fill time in this service. But I've come with a message from the Holy Ghost for some folks here today. Come find me, God. Come find me, God. I know your word. I believe your word. I've been dedicated and committed to your word. But somehow, somehow, I've wandered off track. Somehow I've gone astray. But please come find me. The name of Jesus. I know I'm not where I need to be. I know I'm not where I should be. But I'm not here, God, because I have blatantly chosen to just ignore and disregard your word. I've gone astray. But come find me, God. Come find me. I got weary battling the storms and the wind and the waves. I stopped fighting and the current has taken me off course. And I want you to come find me. I want you to come find me, God. I want you to come find me, God. Like Job, I've looked for you on the left. I've looked for you on the right. I've looked for you in front of me and behind me. I can't find you, but you know the way that I take. You know where I am. God, come find me. Come find me, God. Come find me, God. Jesus name, Jesus name, let there be restoration in this place today, God. Let there be restoration in some lives today, God. Let there be renewed hope today. Let there be renewed faith today. Let my hope and expectation be beyond just getting back in the sheepfold. Let my hope and expectation be there is a future. There is a future. There is hope for my future. I've still got the keys that you gave me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
not where I need to be, God. I know I've gotten off track. I've gone off course. But I haven't forgotten your word, God. I need you to come find me. I need you to come find me, God. I need you to search for me. I need you to find me. I need you to find me, God. It's my desire, it's my desire, it's my desire. I know I've struggled, I know I've wandered, but it's my desire, it's my desire, God. There'll be a day when I'll seek for you again. There'll be a day when I pursue you again. But God, right now, in your mercy, I need you to come find me. Right now, God, in your mercy, I need you to pursue me. the name of Jesus have your way Jesus have your way Jesus have your way Jesus by the power of your spirit Lord by the power of your spirit Spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ramaye katala bohoshata yala ramando lolo bohoshata ba. Yala ramoshata yala ramando robo koyatala ba. Oh, hallelujah. I may not have expected to wander and lose my way, but God, you knew in advance I would. You knew in advance, God, I'd wander and lose my way. You said you'd come looking for me. Even if I'm just one lost out of a hundred, you said you'd come find me. Find me. Find me, Jesus. I need you as the good shepherd to find me. I need you as the great shepherd to find me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus the name of Jesus. If you need to go, want to go, you're welcome to go. Please be mindful of those that are still praying. Holy Ghost is still moving. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name.
Oh, aleluia, aleluia, aleluia. Alalabocosha, talalamando, rebosha. In the name of Jesus.